morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to worship at Hillhead, no matter where we are this morning. As you know, our Minister Katrina is on annual leave this weekend, so we're very grateful to the Reverend Edith Dawson for leading our worship this morning. I'm not going to say anything else about Edith because she's going to introduce herself a wee bit later on in the service. So for now, Edith, simply welcome and thank you for being with us this morning. As well as Edith, during this service, we'll also hear the voices of Moji, who will be leading the Lord's Prayer in Yoruba, Grace, who's reading scripture, and Nancy, who will be leading our prayers for others. Our musicians this morning are Paul and Yang Yang. And in just a moment, Freya and Sarah will be lighting our candle. Then this evening at 7 p.m., Christine Johnston will lead our evening reflection. Uh, just a wee reminder to parents and grandparents of our Sunday school children that if you haven't yet returned your questionnaire to Emma, uh, the Sunday school staff would be very grateful if you could do that today. And then just uh, a couple of pieces of family news. Um, Leslie's niece, Laura, is still waiting for a diagnosis and it's a long time to wait. And we do ask for your prayers for her. And we ask for your prayers for Lena and George, who obviously have got great concerns for their family in Lithuania and Hungary, given what's unfolding in Ukraine. And of course, for the people of Ukraine. But I'm going to hand over now to Freya and Thera to light our candle. As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the body of Christ. Christ is the light that lights our way. May we glimpse Christ's light this day. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Psalm 99 says, O Lord, you are king. You rule from your throne above the winged creatures as people tremble and the earth shakes. You are praised in Zion and you control all nations. Only you are God and your power alone so great and fearsome is worthy of praise. You are our mighty king, a lover of fairness, who sees that justice is done everywhere in Israel. O Lord our God, we praise you and kneel down to worship you, the God of holiness. Moses and Aaron were two of your priests. Samuel was also one of those who prayed in your name, and you, our Lord, answered their prayers. They spoke, you spoke to them from a thick cloud and they obeyed your laws. Our Lord and our God, you answered their prayers and forgave their sins. But when they did wrong, you punished them. We praise you, Lord God, and we worship you at your sacred mountain. Only you are God. And we begin by singing, be still for the presence of the Lord, the Holy One, this year.
before we come to a prayer of approach, I just want to read you some words from the study book that I use week by week. It says, love your enemy is easy for some people. There are those who cannot live without an enemy. They learn to feed off negativity. They can make others appear to be horrendous human beings who lack basic goodness. This creation is often a figment of their imagination, but necessary to sustain their own warped sense of self-worth and their drive. They love the presence of an enemy because without one, they'd have to consider their own heart and soul, and this is too difficult for them. An enemy gives justification to a worldview that distracts from personal well-being. Jesus suffered under such people. He was made to be an enemy of the people to suit those in power. May we be protected from such people and the damage they do. The heart is too tender a space to be wasted on such negativity. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Sometimes love your enemies dead is, is a difficult thing to do in a time when we don't know what the world's facing. We just don't know what, what to play next. And I know that throughout the service, hopefully, we'll be able to reflect something within that. And so here's some prayers for you. Here we are, Lord, come to encounter you. Come, Lord God, and may we be open to your presence. Shine in our hearts, transform us by your love and your grace, that our face might shine with your glory, that your love might be all around us. Lord of light, come here by your grace. Loving God, for all we have received, for all that we count as gift, we are thankful. You are Lord. You, Lord, are the provider of blessings and giver of gifts. So thank you. And despite all you've done for us, we know that we have failed you and fallen short of your desires for our lives. We have stood with the Apostle Paul when we have done and said the things we wish we hadn't and regret missed opportunities to do and say things we wish we had. In the quiet, we bring our own mistakes and regrets to God in prayer. Living God, you accept each one of us just as we are. You welcome us into your presence no matter what we have done or how we let you down. Thank you for your forgiveness for us and for continuing to use us for your glory. So you may now wish to say the Lord's Prayer in a version most familiar or comfortable to you. Thank you. I thought um, so, some of you might know me um, 
and some of you might not. Um, I was a, a missionary with BMS World Mission uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s, and I served God in uh, the Congo. Um, I had a, a lovely year in Paris learning to speak French and then went off to the Congo and, and had uh, a couple of years there. And whenever I come back, um, Stuart Blythe was the minister at Springburn Baptist Church where, where I was, and he suggested that I really needed to go off and train to be a minister because he said his little daughter, Kim, needed to know that women could become ministers and serve God and that we needed good role models. And um, sadly, at that time, I had to wander off down to England to uh, fulfil that calling. And so 20, I realised it's 23 years ago since I was ordained as a Baptist minister. And, um, and I've worked in Lincolnshire and Manchester and Pontefract. And uh, finally, I served as a, um, a chaplain in an NH hospital in Mansfield. And um, latterly, I was the lead chaplain and had managed to increase the team from just two or three to about half a dozen chaplains. And, um, and during that first year of COVID, um, things were really difficult, and as you could imagine. But I was able to serve God and, and, and to do things that I, I never thought would be able to happen. And um, I've also served as an army cadet chaplain for over 20 years. And for my sadness, I've had to do a couple of funerals for service personnel who died in Afghanistan um, at Lakefield Cathedral and at she uh, Sheffield Cathedral. So I've, I've got a huge, um, lots of different things that I've done. And um, sadly, um, I've, I've come back, well, not sadly, I'm happy that I've come back up to Scotland. Um, my, my parents died in the past couple of years, you know, during the COVID time, not of COVID, but because um, COVID obviously made things difficult. And so now I, I live in Bone Hill and um, I, I, I tried to turn it so that you would be able to see the beautiful view that I'm looking at, the hills, but um, there was too much glare. So instead you're looking at a picture that I have in my house, which is gospel, not gospel women, biblical women. It's a story of biblical women. And, and it, it goes to all my houses because it reminds me that it doesn't matter who we are, but we are there to serve God. And so that's what I'm here for, is to serve God. And thank you for the privilege of being able to share with you today. We're going to sing another song, and it's Brother, Sister, Let Me Serve You. Let me be as Christ to you.
Our first reading this morning is from Exodus chapter 34 at verse 29. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he'd spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him and he spoke to them. Afterwards, all the Israelites came near him and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. And then reading from Luke chapter 9 at verse 28. Jesus took Peter, John and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendour, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfilment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen.
let's pray. Father God, as we come and share some reflections on your word, we ask that you would speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. The two passages um, from Luke's Gospel and from the Old Testament unpack amazing moments of the Transfiguration and what it might mean for us today. They speak of God's glory as something that materially changes us and the world around us. In these stories, we see the power and might of God hopefully revealed in Jesus. I enjoy, I enjoy stories and I love storytelling. I love the stories in the Bible, especially the ones about Jesus. And I often try and put myself into the story and think about what was happening, often from a different perspective. Today in the lectionary, it's the story of the transfiguration. And it's one of the stories which I think links across both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so I had a wee look at some holy place stories. And um, Jacob alone, possibly for the first time in his life, found himself in a certain place and lay down to sleep. There was nothing special about the place, no great views, no smelly incense, just ordinary ground as a man lay down to sleep. But by morning, it was a place where all had been transfigured. Jacob had stumbled upon the holy. Surely God was in this place, and I didn't know it, he said. When he was at his most vulnerable, when his defences were down, and the best laid schemes he had hatched were ruined, nothing else was left, and he met with God. I think that's how it is with the holy. I often explain it as when I come to the end of myself, I get to the beginning of God. In the most ordinary of places are the newly minted promises of God. So another holy place encounter is with Moses. He had a couple of encounters and the first was the burning bush. And then the one which was read to us when he received the second law of Ten Commandments. He had smashed the first law when he got down from the mountain and the people had made the golden calf. The writer says that his face was so bright having met and seen with God that the people were afraid. So he had to use the veil. He took it off when he entered the holy place, but on returning to the people wore his veil until the effects wore off. The holy place where someone had their eyes open and seen with clarity, a place where we can all feel the touch of God. There are other instances, and I'm sure each of you have your favourites. I like the story of Esther, who was told, maybe for such a time you are here to save your people. A holy place in time, as she takes all her courage to approach her king, knowing that she could die. She changed, and as a result, others too were changed and had the chance of life. Jesus was no different on the Mount of Transfiguration. 
but there was no changing room at the top of the mountain where he could change his clothes, like when we go training or we go swimming. He did not put on the glory of God. What changed was what his friends there saw, felt and understood. And I was trying to think about times when I felt that sense of holiness. In my role of chaplain, I have accompanied lots of people at the end of their lives. But the very first time was before um, I became a chaplain or even a missionary. And I was working in Carlisle, that place south of the border, that the English think is often in Scotland. A member of the church where I was uh, worshipping was dying and I worked in nuclear medicine and I did regular scans on this lady as she had breast cancer. And I often knew when she was in for treatment and I would pop in and see her and we would pray in corridors or treatment rooms and she would say, how did you know I needed you? And, you know, it was just that time. The day she died, I visited her visited her on the ward and when I entered her room it felt like a thin place between heaven and earth. I prayed with her and I called the minister and I told him that this lady was dying and he said I know that and I said he said I'll be in later and my response was she's dying now if you want to see her you must come now. So he took me at my word and came to see her and she died shortly after his visit. We talked about her, but, you know, he he really didn't get it. He didn't get, in some ways, what what it really was happening. On another occasion, um, after I'd become a chaplain, I, I was asked to go to maternity. This time it was a happy visit. Um, normally, whenever I went to maternity, it was whenever young couples had lost a baby. But this time a young couple had delivered a second baby. The husband was blind and on the previous birth, I'd been asked to go and bless the baby when she was just born. And they wanted me there again. And all I could hear was, is it Edith? And I said, yes. And he looked at me and said that I needed to bless this baby too. I don't often handle regular babies. And it was wonderful to feel God's presence in that room and welcome a new human being into the world. We sang at the beginning, holy, holy, holy. It's where the people of God encounter the beloved. So going back to the story of the transfiguration, Peter, John and James already had a special time with Jesus when he had raised Jairus' daughter because Jesus only took them and nobody else went in. And the knowledge of this man, Jesus, was being increased as once again they were separated and taken to the mountain top. Two visitors are named as Moses and Elijah, two men who departed our world in mysterious ways. By their presence, the law and the prophets bears witness to Jesus and Peter, James and John were part of that. And Jesus 
when he shared about himself to his companions on the road to Emmaus, was talking about the law and the prophets as well. The disciples are weary, and I think sometimes they're sleepy. And sometimes I think that's why Peter misunderstands what he has seen and wants to build the booze for Jesus, for Moses, and for Elijah. And as on Mount Sinai, a cloud signifies the presence of God. Moses, Elijah, and Jesus enter the cloud, and the disciples are left watching and waiting. And then the voice speaks and says, this is my son, listen to him. And that's really amazing. Can you imagine being Peter, James and John at that time? Jesus is more than a lawgiver. He is more than a prophet. Jesus is the son of God. Hear him, trust him. But in life, we can't always stay in the mountains as there is sometimes trouble in the valleys. The story, if you read on, continues with the healing of the boy with the demons. In Matthew and Mark, we hear the father say, I believe, help my unbelief, but not hear and look. As Jesus deals with the demon, all were astounded at the greatness of God. And we don't have to go to the mountaintops to experience God or witness this in Jesus. In the end, I think every Christian can and must hear, trust and obey. As Jesus goes to the cross in another mountain, the disciples weren't there. But that's how it is with the holy. Sometimes we insist on returning to blind stupidity. Too often we prefer crucifying God to being true to what we have seen and felt and touched. Yet sometimes others notice it first through the persistent grace of God. We are changed a little and borrow something of his glory. I want to tell you another story. Um, I often went to accident and emergency um, when I was working as a chaplain to see the staff. And I always had a bag of sweeties. I don't know if any of you saw last year I was on, I was interviewed by Hugh Pym from the BBC and they saw me um, giving out my sweeties. I always bought vegetarian ones because then the Muslims and most pe the only people that were excluded were vegans. And um, I sometimes would carry love hearts in my pocket so that if I came across a vegan, they could have some love hearts. But the staff told me um, as I left last March that um, whenever I turned up, they would say to me they needed to find some peace. And so they would come up to me and give me a hug because they said that my presence brought them peace. And they said, how did you know that this was the right time to come? And I would find that something would happen and I would say I was compelled to come. And that's how I felt at times. And others would say that even if they didn't see me, but the very fact that the sweets were there, they knew that I had been 
and they knew that somehow all would be well. And I, and I, I was not aware that that's how they saw me, but that, that was how they saw. And I think it's truly about listening and making ourselves available. If someone is, comes to your mind, call them, give them a phone, pray for them. Our God is awesome. And somehow that little nudge is about that sharing a little of who we are. We borrow something of his glory as we share love. And the only commandment Jesus gave us was to love one another. And it feels hard whenever we're in a place where Vladimir Putin has created chaos in the Ukraine to say we have to love our enemies and somehow we have to love one another. But what we need is people of peace to whisper in his ear and to say, this isn't the way to go. I put my olive tree here beside me as a symbol of peace. And somehow, throughout the transfiguration, throughout all things, what God wants is that each of us share peace. And so may the peace of God fill our hearts and soul at this time. So let's pray. Loving God as we come, we come recognising that we don't always know what's happening. But we know that you're a God who helps us day by day. So Lord, I believe, help my unbelief and help us to find hope where sometimes it feels hopeless. So thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus. And we pray in his name. Amen. We're going to sing to make sure I've got it right. I think we're singing Jesus Christ is waiting, waiting in the streets.
prayers this morning for others are informed by resources from the Scottish Churches Leaders Forum and from BMS World Mission. Let's pray together for others and for each other. Living God, on this Transfiguration Sunday morning, we come to you recognising you as a God who transforms and we join our voices with others around our country and around the world as we bring our concern for the country of Ukraine and for all who face the perils of war and the fear which ensues when bonds of peace are broken. Living God, creator and giver of life to all people, we ask that you would hear our prayer for peace among the nations and for the ending of conflict in Ukraine. Living God, who shall judge between the nations, we ask that you would lead the nations in the paths of peace and that the dividing wall of hostility would be broken down. Living God, who has inspired faith across the ages, Grant peace in the midst of war and bring harmony to the Commonwealth of Nations. Living God, who gave his only Son that we may have life, we ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit and inspire in us hope that peace will be renewed. We pray for the people of Ukraine. For those in shock at this sudden and violent violation of their country, that they will be able to seek safety and to know the comfort of your presence at night. We pray for your church in the region as they prepare to use their buildings as safe havens and emergency supply distribution points for those who are fleeing. Please give them wisdom in an ever-changing situation. We pray for the coming days that there will be enough food, money, fuel and resources in the country for ordinary citizens. We pray for those fleeing across the country that their paths will be clear and that they may have places to rest. We pray also for neighbouring countries, that they will welcome and care for those who choose to flee across borders. We pray for those who cannot or will not leave. We pray that they will not feel discouraged or that hope is lost for the possibility of peace. Living God, in all of this we pray that your transforming power will be seen and your name be glorified. Loving God, we thank you that we can bring our troubled world to you and trust it to your almighty power. And yet you care for each one of us, knowing the number of hairs on our heads, and we marvel at your love. And so we bring to you those of our church family who are in our thoughts this week. 
for the pastoral and care and community building group. For Tamara, Hannah and Aaron. For Jenny, Neil and Faye. Graham, Stuart and Perio. Holly and George. Sheila and John, John McKay, Heather and Kurt. In our wider church family, we pray for the fellow Baptist churches in Callender and Campbelltown as they serve their communities and seek to move forward in your will. With BMS World Mission, we pray this week for Mozambique, thinking particularly of its justice work and agricultural projects which have supported the people throughout the pandemic. Living, loving, transforming God, we bring our prayers in the name of Jesus. Amen.
and so a blessing. Go out with joy and seek peace. Go out with love and seek hope. Go out with comfort and seek to be a blessing to others. Go out with the spirit of God in your hearts to seek a better world. In Christ's name. Amen. Thank you.